if I'm in my office doing clients or doing podcasts or something like that, like he, he's at home unless he has a gig, but most of the time he's at home. So he'll be cooking. He'll be cleaning. If he's the one that's out working, I will clean. I will cook. I will do the, the picks up pickups and the drop off things like that. And I think that if as a family unit, whatever your situation is, if you can just find that equilibrium where everyone is happy, that's it. Like period. Hello, hello, high vibe in it, homies. Welcome back to another epic episode of your favorite podcast, High Vibe in It. It's your homegirls, Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson. As always, we are here to help you live your best life. My homegirl, Lindsay, is a hypnotherapist extraordinaire, and I am a best selling author and transformation facilitator. And together, we just are here to help and every week to entertain and to inspire and have awakening and opening conversations. And the other day when I was at the gym, all hyped up on pre-workout, getting them squats in, you know, doing my thing, I was all inspired. And I texted Lindsay. I was like, girl, I have an amazing idea for a podcast episode, a conversation that needs to be had about all kinds of things, but mainly like roles and partnerships because I feel like these days I'm sure men are feeling it too but I'm not a man so I can't speak to this but I know that a lot of women are feeling like either confused or burdened by the whole 50 50 thing or feel like the 50 50 partnership really becomes like a hundred percent on one side usually the women's side versus like less effort coming from the men's side so exploring that topic to see not necessarily if it's true but like how people are feeling about it what we can do about it um exploring different household dynamics because this day and age it is kind of confusing like it used to be more laid out that women did this and men did this but now it's like okay everybody does everything that's confusing and not very defined um we'll probably be talking a little bit about the feminist movement the good the bad the ugly what's been helpful what's not been helpful um and yeah this is basically just an episode for all the women who are feeling confused who are feeling frustrated who are feeling tired of being expected to work like they don't have kids being expected to parent like they don't have a job and for anyone who's really resonating with like the soft girl era vibes and wants to go back to the more simple times of just like less hustling and more gardening you know what I mean (laughs) And this is good because Kelsey and I have two very different lifestyles. I mean, we are alike in a lot of ways, but there are a lot of ways that we're just not and we don't live the same day every day. So I have, you know, husband and kids and mortgage and all that. And Kelsey has a lot of that too, but without the kids, but she does have a dog and I don't have a dog. So there are these similarities and differences. So I think it'll be really fun to explore like how we are each feeling in our situations without like throwing our dudes because our dudes are awesome let's be honest they're great and we're not here to like poop on men even though like most women do have a part of themselves that feel like women are the superior species because like you know there might be some truth to that in some ways but (laughs) but we are here to just have a really open and honest conversation that hopefully helps people feel seen feel heard helps people to explore different perspectives different approaches and we're definitely not here to say like the way you live is wrong and the way we live is right this is the way you should do it no we're just going to explore and offer new ways of being and perspectives and just talk and have an open and honest conversation and if there's anything that resonates or that you find helpful then take it and run and if it doesn't then you know don't leave us a zero star review as, yeah, yeah, please don't. As always, we're just talking about our own experiences. Like I would never be so presumptuous as to assume what everyone's going through, but I can definitely tell you what I'm going through and what I have experienced in my life. So I think that's all we really can bring to the table as human beings. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think let's just dive right into it. Where do you yeah. want to start? I want to, well, I want to ask you first, cause you've been married longer and you have kids. Okay. So I feel like you're a little more established into this like role and lifestyle as mother entrepreneur. So talk to us about the roles in your partnership and like how they compare to like maybe society or like society's expectations and how it's like working for you or not working for you. 
Yeah. Um, I think to answer that, like I, I automatically go back to like what I grew up with. Like my mom was a single mom, so I never knew what it was like to have a stay at home mom or, you know, stay at home parent. My dad always worked too. So I don't think it ever occurred to me to stay at home. And if, if it did, like, I always grew up, like I didn't refuse, but I always grew up refusing to like, if I ever get married, I'm not going to take my husband's name. I'm going to keep my name, which is so interesting because I ended up doing it. And I still go by Robinson. I still go by my maiden name for my business and stuff. I was always just kind of the kind of person that wanted her own thing. I just always wanted her own thing. And so when I started my business, I was already married. I was brand new married and had a baby already. And so the whole thing for me was how, how can I spend more time with my kid? Might as well start my own business, I guess. <laughs> I, might as well. I wanted something where I could make my own hours. And I think that for a lot of moms, that is a huge thing. Like, I don't want to be leashed to some job. I don't want to have a boss that can tell me when or when and when I can't spend time with my kids or my family or go on vacations. And so for me, it was a no brainer. Uh, I just, it never occurred to me before having kids, which is so interesting because you think about how many people get stuck in a job because they want security for their kids. Not everybody, but I know a lot of people that do, you know, I, I don't want to start my own thing because it's so risky and you never know. And I just want to have security for my kids where my kids were the reason I took the risk and took the leap to be able to, to do what I actually want to do and what I actually love. Um, as far as it goes with, with my partnership and my home life, like my husband's always been so supportive, like so supportive. If I told him I wanted to go skydiving off of like a whatever out of a plane, he would be like, yeah, when and where I'm not going to do it, but I'll watch you do it. <laughs> like he, he just, he, he's so supportive. And when I tell the story of why I started hypnotherapy, I always say like, he let me do this. And I really am careful not to let people believe that he gave me permission. He basically cleared the path so that I could not make an excuse and back out, which is kind of how I say it. He's just so supportive. And I know a lot of people don't have that, but I'm very lucky that I do. Uh, he, he is exceptional in that he will, he does, he paves the way for me. He clears the road of any obstacles that I might have so that I can do what I want to do. I think sometimes though, I love you to the detriment of his own needs and wants. Like he won't, he, he will put his own needs last. And I think for a lot of people, that's, that's just what they do. We kind of fall into a pattern of like, let me make sure everybody else is okay. And then I'll get to myself. And I do that with my kids. I do that with my, with my marriage. I do that with my house. If I know my house needs to get clean, but I haven't slept, like I'll clean. Not always, but a lot of times I will, I will do that. And I think a lot of us do, but um, for the most part, we are, we have found a rhythm where if I work, if I'm in my office doing clients or doing podcasts or something like that, like he, he's at home unless he has a gig, but most of the time he's at home. So he'll be cooking. He'll be cleaning. If he's the one that's out working, I will clean. I will cook. I will do the, the picks up pickups and the drop off things like that. And I think that if as a family unit, whatever your situation is, if you can just find that equilibrium where everyone is happy that's it. Like period. If you are the kind of wife that wants to stay home and not work and only watch the kids and cook and clean and do all that, if that makes you happy, I think you should do that. Otherwise, gosh, who wants to be trapped? Who wants to live like, like they're stuck doing things. And, and luckily I, I don't really have that, but I know a lot of people in the previous generation, a lot of people in this generation do my parents did their parents did. And, uh, I think it's beautiful that we can, if we want to, design the kind of dynamic that we have at home I don't know if I answered your question I just kept talking it was like a 20-part question so you're fine you're good <laughs> <laughs> um yeah because I think most people would look at your dynamic and say it's kind of like unconventional because well one you guys like both stay home a lot of the time yeah and two um it's kind of like role reversal in some moments when you're the quote unquote provider and he's the, you know, quote unquote, stay at home parent, even though you guys both work, but you know what I mean? Yeah. We, well, yeah, he, he has the kind of job where he will go, uh, he works in television production. So they're, they're gig, like the last one he did was like a three week filming of some reality show three weeks. And then he's off for a couple of weeks. And then there's another gig that pops up. 
I'm saying gig like I'm so cool, but that's, that is what they call it. It's a job that pops up and he'll do the show and then he'll, he'll be at home again. So it is sporadic. Um, but so is my job. So everyone's going to think Abel's like some movie star, the way you're describing. He has, well, he, he doesn't, (laughs) he doesn't star in the shows. He's, he's a production manager, but he, yeah, (laughs) in the scenes and he loves every minute of it. And he's very, very good at what he does, but it is not necessarily dependable. And a lot of these jobs mean if he really wanted to dive deep into it, he'd have to travel for long periods of time, which he has done before with my work, you know, having to be here at home with my clients, it, it may or may not work depending on what time of day I have clients, when the kids get out of school, that sort of thing. So it is a little bit tricky to, to work out, but I mean, nothing's perfect. It's not a nine to five. Neither of us have nine to fives. Neither of us have a a schedule that we really keep to. So it does get a little bit tricky when you don't know what the, what the schedule is going to look like. And I think that that's probably our biggest, um, our biggest obstacle and just having time to do it all. Really cleaning the house is like a huge chore in itself and it doesn't always get done. And I think a lot of evolution of parents and families in general is knowing that it's not always going to get done and And you have to be okay with it. It sounds like you guys have pretty like fluent, like roles and tasks. So like, do you guys plan out or map out ahead of time, like weekly or monthly or like on the daily, like, Hey, I can handle this today. Can you handle this later? Or like, how do you guys get everything done together? Or is it just like this unspoken synergy or it just like flows and it's not planned? I want sure a lot be- of people are wondering because I think in this day and age when it's not so clear cut like oh if you're this person in the relationship you do this and if you're this person you do this it's like okay are we all just supposed to do everything all the time and everyone's tired or like can we break yeah. it up somehow or how do we define oh. it oh girl everyone's tired like that's just to get everyone is tired in this house except for their children who wake up at 5 a.m I don't know why they do that uh I wish that I could say we planned it out. We don't really. I mean, we kind of talk over coffee every morning, like, well, here's what I have planned today. Uh, What do you got planned today? And we kind of flesh it out in that way. But there's no schedule. We try to do most of the laundry and the cleaning on the weekends, but that rarely happens. Like, we do not have it together. We do not. (laughs) Like, And I think most people don't have it together and they just hope that someday they will. Uh, I'm still hoping that someday we will. this morning, I, I told my husband what I had going on. And by the time I came down after my first podcast interview, he had the bathroom cleaned and he was working on sending emails for uh, work and things. So I didn't know he was going to clean the bathroom. That was great. But like, we don't, we, we don't really plan it out. And I, I think we could, and I think it, it might help us, but I do think it's, it's also a little bit of that unspoken synergy where like, we both know what needs to get done. And we, we just kind of do it or we don't do it. And then I kind of hint to him that he should do it like in the, <laughs> in the way that only a wife knows how to do like, so, uh, are you, are you gonna, are you gonna do that? Are you gonna do that today? What do you got going on? He's like, are you asking me to do it? I'm like, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> that oh I still haven't perfected it. He's like, just ask me to do it. And I'm like, but at the same time, and here's the thing too. This is something just recently that he and I have kind of talked about more. You know, this whole idea of like the mental load that women carry. I 100%, even though I have the most supportive husband, the most supportive partner who will pick up the slack, he will, he absolutely will pick up the slack. I still have all the doctor's appointments in my head. I have all the school functions. I have all of the uh, emails that I have to send. I I know when his bills are due, like you have, I do the budget for the house. So it's like the mental load. I know what chores need to get done. I know how to do them. I know when they need to get done. And he doesn't, he does not have that. And I don't think it's because he is lazy at all. I think it's just because that's not how his brain works. He, he wants me to tell him what needs to get done. And I sometimes do need to kind of give him that nudge, but sometimes I don't like downstairs today. The bathroom is clean. I didn't tell him to do that. That was amazing. And I agree that at some point, we both live here. I shouldn't have to tell him how to do things or what to do, or, you know, the way to do it. And at the same time, I can appreciate that that's just not how his mind works. Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? 
Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal, once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. So some days I'm super annoyed that he's like, just tell me what to do. I'm like, I don't want to have to tell you. Right. I don't Everyone hates that. <laughs> right. Like, I don't want to have, I have three children. I don't want to have to tell you what to do. But at the same time, in my, in my more evolved, calmer moments, I can appreciate that. Like, he's not trying to be annoying. He's not trying to be uh, unhelpful. He just doesn't know how I like things done. And I can appreciate that too. So again, we do not have it together. We do not know what's supposed to be done all the time, but we do the best we can. And uh, it's working so far. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. In our house, we're still like figuring it out because we've only been living together since 2020, which sounds like a long yeah. time. Oh, it's been a couple of years. No, it's not a long time. We're still like figuring it out. And now it's like all brand new because we're married and we just got a puppy. So there's like a lot more chores and responsibility that comes with the puppy, obviously. Um, so it's funny because I'm such a impatient control freak that I usually yep. end up doing a lot more than I need to be doing. Like, for example, if I want the dishes done, I could wait and like Jeff will do them eventually, but it's not as high priority for him, right? So yeah. he might do it the next morning, you know, they might sit overnight and I'm going to be like, oh no, it can't be dirty at night. I can't sleep with, you know, dishes in the sink and I just freak out and I do it. So I'm just like imposing more work on myself that I don't need to if I could just like chill out a little bit, which, you know, we're still learning how to do. Um, I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate that they either want it done now or they want it done the right way, right? Or the better way or the more detailed way because men, God bless them, they're just not as detail oriented as us because their brains are different and that's okay. They're the hunters, we're the gatherers. The gatherers, <laughs> they need to have detail oriented brains because like two berries could look very alike, but one could be poisonous. And there's just a slight detail that helps you to tell which one's poisonous and which one is nutritious, right? So you're like, okay, the bush is, you know, a mile that way, go to the right, then take a left, not the one with the pricklies, the other one that looks like this. Right. And it's very detail oriented in order to survive, right? Whereas yeah. the men are like, single focused, what's the problem, get it done. Uh, they're not so much into the details and that's literally how their brain works. It's not because they don't want to be. <laughs> it is because they don't want to, but not, not the men in my life, thank goodness. And, you know, I know that there are some women who'd be like, mm, yeah, mine does not want to, which, you know, that's fair. But I, I just think that, I don't know. I think that if, if you, as much as we want to be understood, we also should try to understand and give them the benefit of the doubt as well if they deserve it you know and i i uh i agree like for us doing the dishes is like okay you have to do this and then you have to do this and you have to do this before bedtime because i can't sleep with dirty dishes and you have to make sure to rinse them and whatever but for the guy it's like do the dishes period got it okay cool <laughs> we have so many more like uh expectations around just one simple task and i think that's that's absolutely fine because when the house is done, oh my gosh. And we're just talking about cleaning. Let's not get into anything else at the moment, but when we're just talking about cleaning, when the house is done, the way that when you finish cleaning it, oh my gosh, there's nothing. I feel like there's no better feel. I feel like my whole brain can function better. Um, and if someone else does it and I notice that it's not completely wiped, the way that I would do it, or it's not completely dusted or whatever. Like it doesn't have the same effect on me. It does. Not. And so I feel bad putting it on them, but at the same time, it's like, but don't you feel better when it's white? Mm -hmm. feel better. So um, I feel like we talked a lot about like chores and household and daily stuff, but what about financial stuff? What do you think about, well, 
I don't know because I don't know what's happening in everybody's households. But I know that a lot of younger people are almost forced to, because life is so expensive, live a very like 50-50 partnership um, as far as like who's paying for what, splitting things up. And um, I'm just curious your perspective on it and your opinion about it. Like, do you think that it's better or easier to split everything 50-50? Do you think there's a time and a place when you should or shouldn't? Do you think it's better to combine finances? Like what's, what's your stance? What's your approach? Well, do you mind sharing what you do? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So Jeff and I, now that we're married, we have combined finances, Uh which we actually did before we got married. And I had like a couple different bank accounts. So I do still have one that I run like my businesses through. um, And like I pay myself from that one to our joint account. But our joint account is like what pays for the mortgage, what pays for dinner out, what pays for vacation, like anything and everything that it gets paid all from the joint account that we both contribute money into. And in our relationship, there's been times where I'm making more or there's been times where just making more. And I think just contributing the majority of what you make to the joint feels to me like you're in unison, you're a unit, you're a partnership, you're working together towards the same goal. Um, When we had separate bank accounts and we were dating in the beginning, it was fine. I mean, I wasn't like committed to him. We weren't married yet. So it's not like I was just going to combine finances with him overnight. But it does kind of feel like every man for their own or to each their own or what I what makes me so sad is like when couples are sending Venmo requests to each other and I can like see it over Venmo and it's like, you know, three dollars for this or like people are just nickel and diming each other. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, like I want them to feel like a unit because it feels so good to work towards the same goal with one person. Um, so you guys have, you that's each what have, we're doing. So you each have a, an individual account and then you both have an, a joint account. Is that right? Well, we each have like business accounts. Yeah, we're because we're it. both self-employed and then we pay ourselves, I would say like 90% of you know, what we're making in those accounts, we pay to the joint account and then the joint account pays for basically everything. And then like, if I want to, well, no, pretty much even if I want to go shopping or if I do anything fun, I still like use the joint account. And so does he, we're Mm -hmm. not, oh, you know, like talking to each other all the time about it. We just have like a mutual trust about it, I think. So we had a baby before we got married. Actually, Mm -hmm. When we moved in together, I believe is when we started combining. When we knew like this is for real, like we're gonna probably be together forever, we we just combined because when, especially when we had a kid, like all of I wasn't working at first. I was going to school, you know, and for hypnotherapy and and taking care of our baby, and he was the only one working. But all of his money, like he would come home and just hand me his checks because all of the money goes to the baby. It just goes to our life. Like it, there's no extra, like we were living in LA in an apartment and we were like, we need every single dollar we can get. So I agree. It's just so for us, it's so much easier to just have all the money in one place. Like if he wants to go golfing or if he wants to do something like it's, it's to me, to me in our situation. And we've talked about it many times because we actually have friends who do who who are married and have children but have separate bank accounts. And they're always like giving money back and forth for rent and stuff. And I don't know, for me, it's just like, I don't want to say the sentence like, oh, I covered your rent this month. Like, I don't want to have to say that sentence as a as a thing in a, in a marriage. Like, it just sounds so the idiot what's the word like it doesn't match it doesn't it doesn't match up it doesn't sync up with with the situation but I don't know I mean for us it just seemed natural to to just combine all the money like we have all the money in one place I mean I do have my business account but it's really just for business purposes it's not for anything personal at all um and yeah if we need to all of our bills come out of one account all of our savings is in one savings account like I don't know if I'm giving too much information for like burglars but I don't think I am <laughs> No, no, like, we're not giving the numbers. So no, I give my, my bank account number is no, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think. And again, if it works for you, like for some people having the same money in the same account seems very scary and weird and doesn't fit their lifestyle at all. And I think you shouldn't do it if it doesn't fit your lifestyle. Um, but for us to, to have separate bank accounts would just be so weird. Cause we'd have to, we would have to be giving money back and forth constantly. It would be a constant chain of like, 
it's just it's just be it'd be so uh it's a lot of energy and a lot of like mental math mental math i don't like mental math we don't want <laughs> extra unnecessary math <laughs> i don't want to do that and it's just you know all of our credit cards are joint credit cards like we just don't have we don't it's not a thing for us but i i i, I think for me because i do the budget as well like this is another thing that i wanted to touch on as someone who does the budget if i had to do four or five different accounts that were all separate, I would lose my brain. I'd lose my mind. So in order to to know what bills are due and when and know where the money's coming from is just, that's just a no brainer for me. But yeah, I think it's, I think it is interesting that more and more people nowadays are, are kind of going that route. And I, I do think the one benefit, if I had to think of a benefit would be like, let's say it doesn't work out and they lock all the accounts or they have now all the control of the money, um, which is, you know, I think both of you having access to the accounts would be, would be great. But like, uh, yeah, I think that would be, that would be ideal. Like if it didn't work out and, and you want to know that you have security, you want to know that you have your little nest egg that you can fall back on. Absolutely. Great idea. Yeah. yeah. Never a bad idea to have money in multiple places, especially in this day and age. Like, I think it's, I think personally, and this is what I do, it's the best practice to have some money here, some money there, because with the banks yeah. being so uncertain and things getting so crazy and bury some in the backyard, government guys. being able to control and seize your assets, like, no, yeah, no, not about it. You so, have a, so. give a money hole in the backyard? <laughs> no, but I have a Bitcoin stash in cold storage. So nice. same thing. <laughs> you said a lot of words that I don't know. Bitcoin stash <laughs> in cold storage. Basically, Bitcoin that... Jeff and I have self-custody too. So no one can go in and move it or change it or take it. Only we have the keys. Government can't control it. it. Banks can't control it. No one can control it except us. Um, So yeah, that's what that is. I really want to get a Bitcoin person on to talk about Bitcoin more because I know I got some homegirls out there listening who are Bitcoiners. Shout out to the fellow Bitcoiners out there. Um, And that is from my Aquarius perspective, could be a really beneficial new form of money for society if enough people adopt it. But anyway, that's a whole side tangent. Um, money, partnership, roles. Let's talk about the feminist movement a little bit. Because I have kind of a, well, there's this conspiracy theory basically going around that like the feminist movement was just created by the patriarchy to get more women into the workforce, which... Uh. I don't think it's necessarily 100% inaccurate. I think there could be some influence there that like the more people working, the bigger the economy, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, of course, women, we should be able to do whatever we want. We should be able to make any choices. And if we want to work, yes. And if we don't want to work, yes. Like yes to whatever you want, right? I'm all for that. I'm all for women's rights. I'm not for women feeling the pressure of having to be everything to everyone, do everything all the time, work like they don't have kids and mother like they don't have a job, right? Or they're not business owners or whatever it is. So I think there's like a double standard that came with the feminist movement that was like, I can do everything and I can do anything and I can do better. And now a lot of women are feeling like, oh my God, I have to do everything. I have to do better. I have to do it all. I have to do it all at once. It's so overwhelming. And I think that's the shadow side of the feminist movement is like, did we, did we get what we wanted? Maybe like too much. So, you know, well, I, there's this saying that comes to mind and I really can never remember who said it first, but I, I remember saying it to my husband when I heard it and he was like, oh yeah. you know. And I said it to my sons too, because I'm grow- I'm raising boys and it's important for this, but it was basically like when, if, a, if you tell a little boy, he can be anything, right? He will believe that he can be anything. If you tell a little girl, oh, you can be anything. She hears, I have to do everything. It's not like this freeing. I mean, it is, it is and it isn't. It's like, yeah, I could be an astronaut. I could be a model. I could be, you know, whatever I want. Also, I have to be a mother and a caretaker and a nurturer and all these things too. So I, I've never heard it in that way before to make me go like, yeah, that's exactly what I felt as a kid. Like I could do anything and also everything. <laughs> I want to do anything. I have to do everything. But a little boy is like, yeah, I could, 
do anything. It's like such a cool concept, right? Yeah. Um, did we get too much of what we wanted? I think that there are always going to be people within a group that are going to take it way too far, way too extreme to the point of being toxic. Yeah. And to the point of hating men, which is like not yeah. the point. And, and the whole word like equal opportunity. Yes. But the whole word of equality, I feel like women and men sometimes are trying to be too much the same as each other when we're not. And if we would embrace our differences, it would actually be easier instead of fighting for like, I'm just as good as spatial awareness as a man or men are just as good as at emotional intelligence as women. And like, we're just not necessarily built like that. Of course, there's always like outliers who are, but generally speaking, like men have certain gifts and talents and faults. And so do women. We have certain gifts and talents and faults and they're actually complementary and meant to fit together like this. But when we're all competing for the same like gifts and talents, well, things it just gets like why are we trying to be men I think you know, the that's my real question why are we trying to be so much like them what are we trying to prove here yeah and I'm gonna offer this perspective I think the pitfall that we encountered throughout freaking history thousands of years is that our qualities and our strengths and what we were good at were seen as weaknesses constantly or we're seen as a threat. And so that's why they were. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it, I would say I would I would say regardless of why we were told that who we are and the way we are is weak and not as good. So I think that when men <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking of like this, the 50s when it was like, where's my drink? Where's dinner? And he comes home in a suit and she's got her hair. She won't even sleep without makeup on because she doesn't want him to see, you know, I'm thinking of this era, but I know that this it goes way beyond um, that. But when you start considering the opposite sex so different that they don't deserve the same rights as you, that's where that's where we go wrong. And I think that the, with any movement, with any big radical revolution that happens, there's a pendulum swing. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times the pendulum swings way too far. I think we forgot about equity when we decided we wanted equality. And I and I, so many, so many different areas this can be applied to. But specifically with this one, I think that at any point when you think that your differences are so vast and profound that the other doesn't deserve to work. They don't deserve to vote. They don't deserve certain, they don't deserve to speak in certain situations. Like that's ho horrible. Like, <laughs> of course it is. It sounds ridiculous. But when our foremothers had to go through that and when we kind of carry that lineage, that DNA within us, and now we're deciding, nope, that's not how this is going to go anymore. I think Sometimes the pendulum can swing too far where now we're like, women are better than men. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like neither one of those is good. Like at what point do we just say we're different? We can live the way we want to live, period. If you're ready to start manifesting more money, which I mean, let's be real, who isn't? You're in luck because I'm giving away a bomb guided meditation, if I do say so myself, that will help you to do just that for free. In the money meditation, I'm guiding you through my special process for aligning with the frequency of abundance, releasing your resistance, and manifesting that money, honey. Personally, I've used this process to manifest 28K months, new income streams, a way better job for my husband, book sales, you name it. People who have been using the meditation are messaging me saying they got surprise bonuses, new opportunities out of nowhere, clarity on their next steps, money breakthroughs, more clients in a week than they would normally have in a month, and a bunch of other cool stuff. So needless to say, it's a super, super powerful energy shifter. So go grab yours while it's still free at kelseyaida.com mm freebie. And I'll have the link for you guys in the description. Happy money manifesting. Let's just all be happy. Like at what point do we get to do that? We just, it's just, it's interesting. And and you're always going to have people say, well, you know, every perpetrator of sexual crimes is men and all these things. And we women have to be afraid. And sure, 
whatever argument you want to come up with, I guess if it applies to you, but I just think that that's still speaking to another bigger problem of like, just let people be, let people live the way they want to live without hurting other people. Like if we could get to that point, we'd all just be so much more stress-free and so much happier. Yeah. And if we could all embrace each other's geniuses and differences in like a healthy, like supportive way. Yeah. You know, and let, let men do what they're amazing at and let women do what they're amazing at and not try to make everybody all the same at the same time. I think, I think for, for me, I'm still, uh, I'm still struggling with the fact that like a lot of underlying energy with the toxic version. Okay. I would say the toxic version of men is the man who says, women are my property. I do whatever I want with them. They're, you know, less than men, whatever. And I, I am very aware that that exists, (laughs) very aware. And I also know that there is also a toxic version of women who are like, men are the worst men. So all men are terrible. Like there has to be, I'm, we are, we are very lucky that we live in the, the energy that we live in. Like I've cultivated a vibe in this house and the people that I surround myself with where like, I just, if I don't want to see it, I can't, I don't have to see it. If I want to see it, it will be everywhere. You know what I mean? And, and the differences, the toxic versions of both sexes will be so obvious to me that I'll just, I'll just take it in. And I appreciate a lot of the younger, do I appreciate? I feel like I appreciate, I want to appreciate the younger generation for being so passionate and so radical in what they believe in the movement that they believe is right. However, it's still detracting from the main point that I hope we all have, which is live and let live, love and let love. Just let people be the best version of themselves without stomping on them, without telling them they're so wrong that they don't deserve certain things or they're so different that they are terrible people. Like why, why, why do we need to do that? It doesn't validate anything that you're doing. In fact, it's probably doing the opposite. I don't believe a word you say if you tell me that the other is terrible, you've lost me. (laughs) And I feel like they've lost a lot. Any rational person would agree. I don't know, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I think I agree. that we need to embrace, we just need to embrace our differences, appreciate people for who they are and allow people to be the best versions of themselves. I mean, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? I mean, world peace is actually pretty simple and pretty attainable, but it would not be beneficial for some people, a small group of people. And so here we are. But anyway, let's move on as our last topic of conversation to the movement. I feel like I've noticed this a lot on social media and tell me if you've noticed this. A lot of women who were conditioned to believe that like hustling and being some CEO and super hardcore entrepreneur is like the coolest, best thing you could ever do. But then you do it and you're like, okay, this is a lot. Also, I have kids. Also, like maybe it's not in my nature to actually be this high achieving hustler. Like maybe I just want to like be in my garden too sometimes and like soften a little bit and like move into my soft girl era and like hustling is becoming less fashionable for women and um you know allowing and receiving is becoming more fashionable so have you noticed this what do you think about this are you feeling the shift within yourself to soften to achieve less to not push yourself as much so yeah i've definitely noticed I, I, I was that person. And I think I, she's still in there a little bit. Oh, yeah. this, we can do it. What do you mean? We can do it. We can totally do it. Let's do it. You don't you die know? easy when you've been fighting so, like, that for a long time. But like, <laughs> like you we can't could, just get rid of me. <laughs> like Kelsey, you and I are very similar when it comes to this. Like we can do anything, but the thing is, should we, do we really want to do everything? Do we want to do anything or like, do I want to hustle or do I want to be inspired? And for me, what's kind of shifted, what, what's kind of shifted for me is like, I thought if I hustled enough, right, I would have, I would then be able to relax. I would, after I got everything I wanted, after I got all the things that I thought hustling would bring me, then I could relax. It was like the carrot and the stick, you know, I was following the carrot on the stick kind of thing. 
and then you realize that's never going to happen. You're never going to get to a point where you can you let yourself relax. If you're not letting yourself relax now, it's never going to happen. I found myself working. I got this gig. I grew my business so that I could have time. I could make my hours and have time with my kids. And then I found myself working so much that I never had time. What, what am I doing this for? So each of us on our entrepreneurial journey should stop and ask ourselves, like, is, is my mission statement being fulfilled? Am I getting what I wanted when I started this business? And I've realized along the way that inspiration rarely means hustling. Inspiration sometimes does mean going and trimming my garden. Sometimes it does. And that's not a euphemism, but it sounds like one. I just said it. I was like, oh, no, going and working in the garden or literally reading literally and going and reading a book or, you know. What what was it that you said you wanted to do? Watch watch TV, watch funny videos, watch funny videos. You know, maybe that'll crop up some inspiration for you. The point is what I thought would grow my business, which would be always hustling and just get it done and meet the deadline and all these things and do, do the extra mile is not what's going to grow my business. What's going to grow my business and make me happy, which is a bonus, is doing things that inspire me when they inspire me. Kelsey, you are so good at when you get inspired, you just hop on a live and just do it. Like, I will never know what that's like because I'm never inspired to just do a live. That's not something that inspires me. You know, it does inspire me having these interviews, talking and having conversations that lift me up. And then I'll go on my Instagram stories and talk about all kinds of things. But I think finding the right thing for you, inspiration and hustling are, are, as you said, very, very different. So finding what inspires you will do so much more than hustling ever will. It's just a drain on your energy. I like this. So I'm hearing that you're shifting from the hustle just to hustle to like check your inspiration factor and move in that direction and put energy wherever you're feeling inspired, whether it's work-related or not. I like that. Yeah, and- I was being very strict in my definition of of what I was allowed to do to grow my business. And once you let go of that, oh my gosh, like it can look like anything as long as it feels good to you, do it. Yeah. So I'm in a similar space and every time I have like we talk to a human design person and they see my chart, they're like, "Oh, Kelsey's a, a, like undefined ego center, right?" And apparently this leads to um, feelings of like needing to prove yourself to others or yourself. And I have for most of my life been trying to prove to myself things. Right. And a lot of it stemmed from my like biggest core wound of not being able to be a ballerina. And so I didn't do it. And so in my other careers after that, it was like proving to myself that I could do it, you know? So there was that motivation, like sneaking around in the shadows, And also just being a type A, super overly ambitious, you know, Enneagram three human that I am (laughs) is just very like achieve, 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 but really for the sake of achieving, you know, which is kind of like an empty fuel. Like it's just a never ending cycle hamster wheel that you're on. And so recently I've been like, okay, if I didn't have to prove anything to myself or to anyone, then how would I choose to spend my time if it wasn't coming from that sponsoring energy of I have to show myself that I can do it? Like, what if I just knew that I could do it if I wanted to, but I don't have to? Yeah. You know, and so I've been playing with that idea and shifting from being super overachiever and super hustly and just like burning myself out all the time to, you know, following my inspiration, like you said, and not being so attached to the outcome that I have to prove to myself that I can produce this much, or I have to prove to myself that I can help this certain number of people. Cause like the numbers, having numbers define like your value to yourself is so disheartening and so impossible. You'll never win that game. It's so impossible. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, well, that's a silly game to play. Let's do a different approach that's softer and more fun and more inspirational. And the success meter, how I'm measuring my success is just like how much fun I'm having along the way and like, you know, are my basic needs met and then some, yeah, you know. I have the perfect quote and I just, remember I told you before we started recording that I'm going to, or was it while we were recording? I'm going to put this on my Instagram stories, but I, it was from a couple of days ago from Abraham Hicks. It says, a happy life is just a string of happy moments. But most people don't allow the happy moment because they're so busy trying to get a happy life. 
My sister just sent that to me the other day and I was like, no, yes, she it's did so not. True. Yes, she just sent that to me. It's so true. We're just always trying to do the thing so that we can have our goal, yeah. the goal, right? So it's like, what's your goal of the goal? Okay, my goal of making a million dollars is to feel relaxed or my goal of, you know, like being with my getting married is to, you know, whatever, feel safe or whatever the feeling is. Like there's always something. And it's so ironic that we don't just let ourselves feel that in the now that we place all these conditions when really, if you just simplify your life, it's true that the more happy moments you have, that's what, what builds a happy life. So if we can prioritize yeah. happiness in the now while also being able to zoom out and set yourself up for happiness in the future, I think that's that's a good balance right there. What would create a happy moment for you right now? I I really am trying to ask myself that more often because I don't really, I, I I mean, that's an affirmation. Cancel, cancel, cancel. But I'm really working on trying to ask myself that more often because it, it's absolutely true. When you look back at your life, you're going to, how many happy memories do you have that were so insignificant, but happy moments? Happy moments, people, is the name of the game. So how can you create a happy moment for yourself today? And I think we all owe it to ourselves to create more of those happy moments if we can. Yeah, happy moments, happy thoughts, happy perspectives, happy mantras. I mean, that's the reason why I wrote Affirmations for Happiness that literally has just 200 days or moments of like a perspective that'll bring you more happiness. Just that moment, and then you can take that with you into the rest of the day. Or yeah. not, you know, things can fall apart too, but then you can come back to the book, another mantra for more happiness. And it's just, let's be clear here. Things will fall apart. It's how you put them back together and feel better about them. That really matters. I think that I wasted too much of my life, just like expecting me, my human self to make sure that nothing ever fell apart. Like, can you imagine how That's I'm not, too much. I'm not able to spin that many plates. I don't think any well, of us. Well, now I think people do that with their spiritual practice and they've been kind of sold this lie that like if you become super perfectly high vibrational, nothing bad will happen to you. You can control every single aspect of your life via manifestation and then all your problems will go away. But it's like right. if you're in a human body, you're going to experience contrast no matter how high vibrational, no matter how evolved, no matter how awakened you become. And when yeah. you can just know that that's a fact of life and embrace it and work with it, uh, it's just a lot easier than expecting, oh my gosh, once I get there, my life will be forever perfect. No, <laughs> that's well, not how it works. No, and you know, it's, it's very interesting that we're talking about this now because I think I've been working on this for a really long time, probably years and years. And I find myself, especially this year, especially the last few months and weeks, just, just really prioritizing happy moments. And so when I got that quote, I was like, yeah, absolutely. It was kind of like a, a confirmation to me that like I'm, that I'm doing it, you know, and I never would have let myself do it before. And of, of course, I'm not perfect. I think I have my moments, but more and more, I find myself like, no. I'm not going to do that because that would bring me down. That would make me unhappy. Like even little things, I'm not going to finish this video on Facebook. It's not going in a good direction and I don't want to watch it. <laughs> like turn it off. And and I think those can be, those, those add up to big things. Those little moments, those little choices that you make to, to keep yourself as happy as you can. And again, I don't want to even finish the sentence without saying like, honor your feelings, feel the way you feel. But I think what I'm talking more about is outside influence, influencing how you feel. If you can bring your happiness from within and allow more happy moments, oh my gosh, like it just keeps getting better and better. And I think with me being able to prioritize that more, it feels better and it feels easier now than it ever did before to be able to say, no, I'm going to do this because it will make me happy. Um, and I just wish that for everybody. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, this has been a very a fun conversation that's been super all over the place. I have no idea what we're going to title this episode. <laughs> when we hop off the call, I'm going to need your help, Lindsay, to create some good themes going encapsulates all of this all over the place conversation. But I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys got some value from it, some insight, some clarity, some things to ponder and contemplate and think about in your own life to, you know, optimize and make it feel better and more happy for you as always. And I think 
we should on the Patreon, instead of pulling an Oracle card today, we could flip to an affirmation from the book and use the book like a little deck of cards. Speaking of happiness as the theme of our ending our conversation here. Um, I do want to make an announcement that I am, or probably by the time this has happened, I already published um, a new Etsy shop where I'm selling journals and um, lots of interactive PDF downloadable stuff for you guys to manifest your best life, do shadow work, lose weight, all the things um, that you can just download immediately to your computer. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes for anyone who's interested because it's going to be awesome slash is already awesome if it's already up, which I'm sure it will be. And Lindsay, do you have any announcements, anything new going on? Well, as always, you can get my membership. If you are a member, then great. If not, you can go to uh, my website and just go to Align Your Mind membership. There's a link there. You get access to all of my digital products, my hypnosis. I have courses in there. I have EFT sessions. I have card pulls uh, and it just keeps growing and growing. So yeah, you can head over there and join. And I am taking two more clients for this year. Uh, With the holidays, I don't want to take that many more. So two more client spots are open if you want to align your mind for success in person with me get your subconscious on the same page as your conscious goal so you have a hundred percent of your mind working toward your goal i'm happy to help you and it's going to be so much fun so you can go to my website and uh, fill out an application oh can we link the application i think we can yeah, yeah. i think you normally do anyway but it's yeah it's just lindsayrobinson.com but also we'll link specifically to the application mm-hmm. yeah yes okay well that's it oh and we love you so much thank you for listening <laughs> Yeah, and join us on the Patreon if you want the happiness mantra of the day. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Thank you to everybody who has left a review and shared the podcast with friends and family. We super appreciate it. It really helps the show a lot, especially because our goal is to get over 1 million downloads before the end of 2023, and we definitely need and appreciate your help to do it. You can further support the show by joining patreon.com slash high vibe to get exclusive content, extended episodes, bonuses, and more. Thanks again for listening. We love you so much. And we'll be back next week with another new episode. Bye. Bye.